We are on the cusp of award season being back in full swing. And today I'm sitting down with awards aces, Eric Weber. How are you today, bud? Good. Good to talk to you again. It's been a little bit too long and, uh, you know, it's perfect timing. We're, we're rolling into September and that is when award season traditionally kicks off. So ideal, ideal to be on the phone with you right now. Yeah, I'm excited because I, I, I agree with you. This is kind of, I wrote this the other day. I was like, we're getting ready. September is like the, the, the pre before the storm type of scenario. We do have a few mm-hmm. films, the card counter and, and the eyes of Tammy Faye, the two bigger ones that might have some sort of award play. And then of course we have dear Evan Hansen, which is another wild card, but with any of these films in September, um, do you foresee of any of them making kind of an impact early on? It, listen, it, it's hard to carry momentum. We, we talk about this so often. It's hard to carry momentum from early in the award season, certainly early in the calendar year. You know, uh, uh, June, uh, obviously May, you know, talk about a February release. Very hard to bring that momentum all the way through. So September's equally challenging i mean obviously a little bit less so than you know a black panther or get out that's able to really just come on at the end and obviously carry momentum throughout those are rare cases uh september's gonna be tough uh i've I've actually seen some of these films i cannot tell you which ones ricky because i am uh under an ironclad agreement with the studios to not discuss these films until they debut but let me say that uh there's some good stuff coming that said it's gonna be hard for these films to keep it going for the next several months. It's a long process. You're talking September, October, November, December. You know, when you go to the Oscars, you're talking an additional two and a half more months, three months past that. So it's it's going to be hard for any of these films to do it. That's not to say there isn't something good or possibly great. But again, it's a real challenge for these studios to be able to take that momentum, whatever they get now, and to try to just even attempt to carry it through award season yeah that's the thing is is let's just say hypothetically COVID, the restrictions don't lock it down right there's about a trillion movies coming out in in october november december i feel like this is more important than ever to be in that december window right it's a great point. I mean, well, listen, we don't know what's going to happen in the next several months. For sure. So let's just say right now theaters are open, right? Uh, we've, we've got people returning to theaters. We see it with Free Guy doing tremendous business. Obviously, a hugely entertaining film. Word of mouth is through the roof on that. And, and that is key when you're driving people to theaters, also theatrical only. So the only way to see Free Guy is at a theater, you know, go figure. Wow. I mean, it's, it's not that hard to figure out if you give people a product that's, that's solid, that is, you know, enticing that people really want to come out of their house and see. And then you start to hear people say, Oh my gosh, you've got to go see free guy. You got to go see movie X. You're going to go do that. And, and you, your only option is going to a theater. But as we continue on, if all of a sudden we start to see restrictions because we don't know what the world's going to look like, I think we all know that there's this is not over. Whatever's happening is not over. Okay, let's just put it like that. For sure. And as such, if we continue along that path and all of a sudden things start closing down or things get tight, we could actually see some studios take these films and remove them from the, the schedule. You know, I look back to last year at Nine Days, a film that debuted at AFI or right around that time. 
And, uh, you know, I loved one of my favorite films of the year. I know it was one of your favorite films of the year. Um, But but then all of a sudden, remember, Sony Pictures Classic was like, okay, we're going to take this off the schedule and we're going to move it to do just came out. What a few weeks ago. Um, And so we might have a a case like that, something that debuts, let's say, in Toronto, Card Counter, uh, Eyes of Tammy Faye. And then all of a sudden theatrical is dealt a blow and especially someone like searchlight who really likes to have their films shown theatrically i mean that they have old school execs in there they believe in theatrical if you remove that component they might just say hey we're going to take eyes of tammy faye and shelve it for a few months i don't know i mean that's the that's the thing here we could be talking about some films uh, that all of a sudden the landscape changes in a few weeks or months and, uh, and we don't know what's going to happen. As if we keep things the way they are, then we can just address it that way. I think that's the best way to do it. Just assume that everything's going to be in play. But again, that's a very big assumption. It is. And, and then just looking at the, from basically that November 19th, I'm kind of fast forward past Dune because I, I, Dune's yeah. Dune. You know what I mean? We, we don't, mm-hmm. we generally don't know what we're going to get. Whether the movie, if the movie comes out, we don't know what we're going to get on as terms of, acting or maybe it's in my opinion i think you agree there's a lot of a tech play there you know what i mean yeah. I, I feel that way mm-hmm. but if you look at that november 19th and kind of on i, I skip past eternals i really don't foresee that being in the best picture race no matter what anybody says i could be wrong mm-hmm. i've been proven wrong before but once you start hitting that king richard you got the gucci film you've got the mm-hmm. you know once you hit that nightmare alley's coming west side story the kingsman yep. I, that's not max in there but journal for jordan like american underdog like soggy mm-hmm. bottoms like the uh, and then of course the netflix slate that i that's not even right here in front of me right now and you got all of those and of course you got don't look up who's going to be it's going to be a massive player in this awards this yep. is going to be very pivotal down the stretch is going to be campaigning like you've already seen will smith kind of out there right you know he's already out there he's like he did the weight loss challenge and will smith knows that he doesn't have very many of these you know oscar runs left in him right well this is a tailor-made right and it you know is. it's obviously based on a true story he's playing a, a real life character uh everyone knows the the william sisters and, and certainly are familiar with him and, and the, their story. And, you know, it's Warner Brothers. They have a ton of awards cachet. Uh, they know how to run campaigns. Um, so no question that's going to be a film. It certainly is that for him, and especially as, a, as an actor, as a, as a best actor candidate. We'll see about the film. But I think as just Will Smith as a best actor candidate, for sure, he's in that top, top, very top of the group of, of, of candidates in that category uh, but you talk about a netflix interesting because you, you have the power of the dog you have you know uh certainly you know quite a few of these films they, they, they've got so much stuff writing this year like they always do don't look up is probably their number one they've got tick tick boom they've got all these these films and the thing about netflix is they're the one who won't move from their release because yeah. they have they're going to put it on Netflix, right? I mean, they don't really have too much of a theatrical component, if any. They've done a little bit of that, and they were doing a little bit of that before COVID struck. But I think that they're the ones who, whatever their slate is, Power of the Dog, um, you know, all these films are all going to come from them when they're supposed to be in, I shouldn't say theaters, but when they arrive on streaming. So yeah. that's not going to change. So Netflix we all know that Netflix is going to be a player in awards. They've proven that over the last several years, they've come from 
really Roma to you know one film Roma to multiple films every year we're, we're seeing that so I think Netflix is the safest bet all their all, their entire slate is going to is going to stay put and they're going to be looking to win finally they've got a few wins but they're going to look to win not just get these nominations like they've done in years past the last few years yeah and we're looking at a big slate of big time names you know what I mean we've got Paul Thomas Anderson back in the fold we got Adam McKay <laughs> back we've got Steven Spielberg out there you know we got Ridley Scott you know what I mean we've got some big time name you know Guillermo del Toro Villanueva. you know yep. we've got yep. a lot of big time names that we have like this could be a very name dropping Oscars right if you look at uh yeah these are these are for me it's funny uh, yes agreed these are all big names for me I I almost uh I, I, you know, I've always been someone who, who wants to see kind of new things. I, I'm not, oh, I, I, listen, I like the old guard, right? I know you do too. That's cool. It's awesome. Go for it. But at the same time, for me, I want to see a director that blows me away first time. And we have a few films that we can talk about here at some point. Uh, but, but that's, that's to me the most interesting part. But listen, for old school Hollywood, you know, for, to have a Spielberg, to have Ridley Scott with two movies, these people that have been around forever, the Hollywood industry, the old timers know these guys and are, are obviously it's part of the network. Then yes, that's important for the Oscars, and, and it'll, they'll do well with with that crowd. Uh, but but for me personally, I'm looking at things like you know, look at Annette. I mean, Annette is we can talk about how it's it's very much one of the most artistically challenging films that you will watch this year. But I mean, Adam Driver, without question, the number one acting prospect for me best actor uh it's gonna be very hard to beat him for the rest of the year so there's a film you know you talk about carrying momentum annette will be a challenge but i do believe at the end of the day driver's still there even though the film is not entirely accessible for everybody that i completely get but i think his performance is just you know so lights out that there's almost no way I don't see him in that final five. Yeah, and the crazy thing about it is he's got that, and then, of course, he's got the House of Gucci as well. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, Driver, I feel like when Driver is in the race for any awards, he's out here with two or three films. Because even, remember, like, Marriage Story came out, he had The Report. Now, The Report wasn't that great. He was good in it, but I... That's yeah. the one that I wouldn't hate seeing win an Oscar this year, even amongst the Giants. You know, the DiCaprio's there, the Cumberbatch is there, the Denzel Washington, you know, those type of guys. Even Will Smith, I wouldn't hate seeing an Adam Driver finally secure the bag. You know what I mean? Well, he's, he certainly has been there. We talk about Marriage Story, and he was an- it just wasn't going to happen with Joaquin Phoenix there. It, it, just, it just wasn't to be. This year... You're right. There's going to be all the names. A lot of these names that we see every single year or every other year, it seems like, uh, Leo DiCaprio. And obviously, we already talked about Will Smith, Denzel. These are these are the big Hollywood heavyweights. And I think it is driver's time. And it's interesting what Amazon does with that film. It's, again, an, an August release. I, I think it's it just hit prime, like, recently, like, yeah, maybe last did. week. I, yeah. Think, yeah, I saw it a few weeks back, and they ran a theatrical for, like, two weeks. So that's that's a very big challenge for Amazon. They've had some award success, but they are not at the Netflix level. They 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 are starting to get there. You know, they're starting to, as we saw, 
uh, last year they were able to make some some breakthroughs and really get some films that were you know really deserved the attention. Sound of Metal comes to mind for sure, and and the fact that they were able to get that stuff some traction and really get up there, then that helps and that and that helps Adam Driver. They have the money clearly. You know, I, living out here in LA, all you see are FYC billboards and, and ads are bombarded by it all over the place. And Amazon has the budget to compete with the Netflixes and the Warner Brothers and the Universals and everybody, Apple now, Apple Plus. You got all these guys and they, they have the cash. They have the, the money to, to front these campaigns that can cost, you know, millions of dollars to get, to get, to secure a nomination. Yeah, that tragedy of Macbeth, that's, that's Apple TV, right? Yeah, it was A24, and then they, uh, they've had, they have some kind of partnership going there with A24 yeah. and Apple Plus. I think they, you oh, know, that's they're, they're buying their the films. That's opening at the yeah, New York it, Film it Festival. It works out for everybody because A24 yeah. really wants theatrical, and I think maybe, look, that's a movie that's deeper into awards season. Maybe A24 sees what we're talking about. The things aren't going to be the same. The landscape's going to be different. Let's get this thing on Apple TV, like we saw with On the Rocks last year. Uh, which didn't really go anywhere as an awards film because it's, it's too light. I love that film. Really fun oh, film. Really, I mean, everything about that, the New York City, the, the setting in that film, they really she did a great job doing that. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, not going to be an awards player just because it doesn't have the weight. I think, obviously, Tragedy of Macbeth will be different in that regard. Yeah, and it's Denzel opening at the New York brings, Film Festival. You know, Denzel, so that's gonna and, be... and obviously you're coming with another, just one, uh, you know, another <laughs> Oscar alongside. So you, you've got some major star power in addition to the Cohen, uh, one half of the Cohen brothers. And, and, you know, Apple Plus has the money to burn, too. So that's, that's a film that you're going to be watching as well. Yeah, I'll be interesting because we'll get the first reactions out of that at the New York Film Festival. It opens up there in September. It opens the festival up, so we'll get some. And that's the thing. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to start hearing more and more uh, films being released. We got we got the you know the Toronto Film Festival. We got Telluride right. coming up in New York. It's really that heart of the thing. But this is the question I got for you. We've always got one or two films that might fly under the radar because you know obviously everybody's talking today. Um, <clears throat> damn, I'm gonna about Spencer, which looks. I I, I didn't watch yep. the trailer. I refuse to watch trailers. But nope, same here. The the uh, the reaction was we're gonna see. Uh, I, and again, I wouldn't. I, I don't hate. Uh, I love um Kirsten Stewart. I think she's a really good actress. I think she's, you know, you know, due for some uh, awards accolades possibly. But do you see anything kind of you know maybe under the radar that not a lot of people are talking about that we could you know see here in the near future get some awards accolation. Well, some of the some of the films I've seen that I can't talk about, there there are performances in those films that will be in the conversation, heavily in the conversation. Um, I, you know, the the one performance that I can talk about is Adam Driver for sure. As yeah. far as uh, you know, he's he's by far. You look at Respect. I think Jennifer Hudson is very good in that film. I do not think Respect is a is a fantastic film by any means. In fact, it's a real slog. It's two and a half hours long. Uh, if you make that film much more uplifting and shorter, tighter, and more energetic, and then maybe I see you know a path for her even with United Artists, which is a very small studio as far as awards go. That they're going to have trouble, uh, you know gating any kind of uh, momentum they're they're not they don't have the you know the 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 power that some of these studios even a neon really they're they're really kind of at at lower than that um that i I think that you know great 
good performance. Very good performance. I don't know. The, the film's just not good enough. And, and we've seen that over the years. Films that you have a, a fantastic performance, lights out, and then like Harriet, right? Uh, Cynthia Rebo. She she is head and shoulders above that film. And that's disappointing too, because if you're so good in a very average film, Man. that that's got that's got to sting the most. But um, but you know, as we as we look for some of these performances that I've seen this year personally, that you know, I say, hey, let's talk about this. Let's get this person in the conversation. I think with, without question. Uh, you start with Adam Driver. We, we've mentioned that, and then you know you can go to someone. For me, Anthony Ramos in, in the Heights. Uh, it's it's you know it's a movie that's very difficult to bring into award season because it was out this summer. The movie did not do that well at the box office, but I think he's very strong in that film. Uh, Matt Damon in Stillwater. Do not think Stillwater is a great film by any stretch of the imagination, but he is very sturdy, very strong, and also. The issue he has going forward is obviously the controversy that we heard over the last few weeks. So I think that might dent that. Clay Crawford in Killing the Two Lovers. Uh, did you see that film? Fantastic film. Isn't it? Yeah. R- minimal film. Bare, just just bare bones, tight, you know, typical neon, just artistically just on point. And, and he really deserves to be in that conversation as well. Going to Best Actress, Jessica Barden from Holler, IFC film smaller independent film uh that ifc actually is starting to push i think they realize maybe because they heard me that <laughs> they might have a shot with their because i just got an email saying hey check out just yeah, I, I go okay here yeah. we go because i've been championing that movie since i saw it yeah. also rebecca hall in the night house the night house again horror film that you know horror films have a hard time gaining traction in awards for whatever reason i understand the, in general what's going on but you know, look at hereditary tony collette i mean give me a break if that's not the best performance of that year i i don't know what was but the fact that that is a very dark film very difficult film to watch makes midsummer a tough awards play no matter what you're trying to do with it but i think the night house is much more accessible it's not graphically violent very well directed film it's searchlight again a, a, a studio that people respect okay whether it's owned by disney or owned by box or whoever owns searchlight the core elements of that studio are still in play and people when they see that slate come up they know they're getting you know they're going to get a quality film in the night house is no question that and then we can talk about Candyman. you know i think we're going to talk a little bit about Candyman. that that is a film that i hope universal pushes for awards you know we can start with something like cinematography just start with something that's a smaller thing and then maybe we can build on that i think it's worthy of more than that have you seen the film yet uh, no, I'm going to see Candyman tomorrow night. I'm excited because, and I will say this yep. to, to everybody that's listening right now, this is how much I love Eric. I was going to go see Nighthouse tonight, but I, I sat down and talked to Eric instead. So, um, <laughs> but it's good. listen, I, I, now I feel bad because you should see Nighthouse. No, I'm, like, no, I'm going to see, right now, I am going really to see it Saturday. You go see Nighthouse in theaters. I am. It's worth it. it I'm is going to see it. I am. I am going to go see it Saturday. Before we dive into Candyman and and the yep. interesting conversation that might follow Candyman, there's two performances that I want to highlight myself. One of yep. which, I, first off, I couldn't find it on your website at first. I was going to yell at you, but then I found it, so I'm happy again. Um, what do you got? I was going to jump on the bandwagon and start yelling at Eric Weber, but I instead <laughs> am not going to jump on the bandwagon and say there's one on here that I really love, supporting performance. It's still my favorite supporting performance of the year, and that's Coleman Good. Domingo and Zola. 
I yeah, no question. I love yeah. that performance so much. I, I compared his performance. There was a quote in Moneyball, and Coleman Domingo and I had a great conversation about this after I tweeted it. But there's okay. a quote in Moneyball about you know um, when the guy walks into go walks into the room, yes. his dick's been in there for like ten minutes. Yes. that's the yes. type of performance that that man gives. Yes. He's having a great yes. year. I think that that performance is going to be very much on the Independent Spirit Awards type type mm-hmm. of thing. Rightfully so. Yep. It's still my favorite supporting performance of the year, and it's not even really close. But a close second is another one that you have highlight, and that's one that's not going to get any love, and it's understandable. The film's a little bit lower, but Shazad, Shazid, Shazad, Latif from Profile. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Yep. Again. I know. Oh, yeah. There's something about a performance like this because it reminds you, he's literally, you're in a screen, right? That's what made Host so good from last yep. year. Very under the radar, not under the radar, everybody loves that movie now, but at the time, it, it's a very phenomenal film. But, but Profile's a great movie. It's a very, very good, intense thriller that I highly recommend anybody listening to this check out. But before we dive into Candyman, there's going to be one other thing that I want to talk about in the supporting actress performance. And it's yep. and down in Mass. I know you haven't seen Mass yet. No, I have not seen um, Mass. I mean, in fact, it's so funny you say that. That's the one I'm going to start have to track down. I think it comes out October 7th. Yep. So they're starting to send out the links. I'm yep. noticing people see it. And I, I just is, have not gotten around to it, but I do want to see it. Yeah. It's so good. It's a powerful film. Like yep. I said, the biggest, and I told you this, we talked about this the other day. The biggest yep. problem that that film is going to have, the uphill battle, is going to be the yep. gun controversy surrounding it, right? Because yep. if for yep. those of you listening that don't know what Mass is about, basically it's about two families, a mother and a father on one side of the table and a mother and father on the other side of the table. On one side of the table you have the it, – it's based on a mass shooting of, at a school where one kid goes in and you, you don't see any of this. You don't see any of these things, right? You don't see any shootings or anything like that. It's the, it's the parents of the shooter and parents of right. one of the kids that died. And it yep. is – it's just a dialogue of them sitting in there. My biggest issue, I think it's it was just a hair too long, and it's not even that long. But it's just a hair – that's why I don't think it's a masterpiece per se. But there's four strong performances and, and down. But to me, she stands out. And I honestly – it's going to be hard-pressed for me personally to see a supporting performance as good as hers this year. It's that good to me. Um, well, you, you know, the, the, the issue with that film, and, and, and I said this very early on, is that you're talking about Bleecker Street, oh, yeah. which is which is a, is a very small studio that really has – I don't know if they've ever landed an Oscar nomination. I have to double-check on that. But, you know, they had that uh, film from a few years ago with uh, Ben Foster and the young girl who just absolutely slated it. It's about the homeless family. I forget the film. I'm, gonna, it's, I'm just coming to me all of a sudden. But they tried to get that film going. They really pushed it. They did all these things with it, and it just it just doesn't have it. It was an early release, you know. We're talking yeah. Blinker Street. I think that's going to be the issue with Mass is that uh, it's going to be hard for them, even if the film's great. If that film has an A twenty four badge, you and I both know that changes it. Just because that's the perception. As soon as you see an A twenty four, even neon, but A twenty four for sure, you get that A twenty four on there, and people go, "Oh, I've got to go watch Mass," and yeah. and that's unfortunate because there's a lot of films out there that. Just because they don't have that, they're smaller films, and, and you're talking about Mass for me, and I know another movie, you've seen this, and you know for right now, my number one film of 2021 is Funny Face, yep. and it is a tiny film, okay, it is, it's put out by Gravitas Ventures, they, they only deal in small independent films, but let me tell you, everything in Funny Face is 
are is just so dialed in technically the filmmaking the direction is on a level that it it I wish it had an A24 or a neon badge in front of it because more people would watch that film and more people would be blown away by that film because every filmmaking aspect about Funny Face is really where I want to see. When I watch a film, I want to see it look and feel like this film. And I have yet to see a film that has moved me. I've watched that film no fewer than five times. I don't ever watch films more than once, maybe twice, okay? But five times because there's something about that film, the pacing and the tech dial in the score, everything about it, cinematography, it is it is just a special film. So go out of your way to find films like that. Funny face. That's why I do what I do. And that's why you do what you do. You want people to go out and see profile. You want people to go out. Obviously Zola's an A twenty four movie, they already saw that. But but these films like Funny Face and Profile and, and, and Nighthouse, these are films that maybe people are like, I don't know, and then you see and you go, You need to see this. This is a special film. This is this rises so far above what the bar is that you need to make time for this film because it's gonna impact you. Exactly. And that's my thing is is I, I tweeted this the other day and, and I do know there's a lot of controversy that's surrounding the whole you know, we want this film, we want that film, the the very much we want, we want, we want. But there's a the thing about this is is there's films like Funny Face and Gravitas Adventures, they're a fantastic company to deal with. One thousand percent their entire PR team. If you want a movie, they'll make sure to go out of their way to for you to see it. There's so many films like this that people refuse to watch these independent films i was talking to uh tyron Manning, uh taryn Manning the other night and i was like these these small films are so pivotal to film they're the backbone of film this is how some of yep. some of the best films are made independently because there's heart there's passion there's love yep. still yep. for the brand there's not to say that these bigger films like denny villanueva talks about his love and passion for dune but there's if you're going to see dune you can see dune Funny face, you have to go out of your way to see these type of films. Last year, you and I were champions of, of Rent-A-Pal. I can't tell you how many people between the two of us have probably watched that film because we sat and said, watch this film, right? You know what I mean? And it started to get a big following when it dropped on Hulu. Like, I wish films like that, people watch these. You know what I mean? Funny face, Gretel and Hansel was one film that you and I loved last year yeah. as well. It was in our top. It was in our top tier uh, of films from last year. More small films. Watch them. If you're listening to this and you're a young film critic or an old film critic, if you're not watching small independent films, you're doing this entire thing wrong. Because Funny Face well, is one of the best, well-directed movies I've seen this year. Well, they unfortunately, and you know, I'm part of the broadcast. Uh, broadcast film critics but it's, it's now called critics choice uh that's how far back i go it used to be the bfca now it's the cca uh there's a lot of members i've talked to and i'm obviously not going to drop any names uh but but i mentioned films to to members that i consider to be you know pretty well you know versed when it comes to films and watching a lot of stuff and they like i didn't get it i didn't catch that I didn't do this. And, and i think that's that's kind of the most disappointing part is when um you know you you have somebody who who really should be watching a lot of product and and certainly when you start to hear it from voices that you trust you've got to find those people that you say okay this person has no agenda okay we, we're going to talk about this in a little bit uh go into a little deeper but uh, no agenda they're just saying this film is good or bad period that's it at the end of the day is the film good not who made the film uh you know what studio is it from 
you know, what's the length, all these things, right? All these little things that, that listen, the film is good or it's not. The film is impactful or it's not. And, and I think you find those voices and, and you listen to them. And when you start to hear people talk about, you know, from a few years ago, let's just pick something like Good Time. That was a film that not everybody watched for whatever reason. I remember talking to people saying, hey, you know, what, they go, what's your number one movie? I said, Good Time. Oh, I never watched that. Like, wait, you did not just tell me that. Tell me you did not just tell me that because now I don't even know what to think because you have to watch that movie. First of all, it's A24, so there's no way to escape it. You, you have to watch A24 films. If you're in the film field, you have no choice but to watch every film that A24 puts out because no matter what you think of the film, whether you like it or not, you're going to be – you're going to think that the film is dialed in technically. The direction is going to be strong, period. It's always going to be strong in an A24 film. The score is going to be unique and interesting every single time. That's what they do. You need to watch the films. And I think that's the thing when you find somebody who's like, oh, I didn't watch Good Time. Or I didn't get around to a ghost story. Like, wait, what? I don't – don't tell me that. Like, don't, do not openly admit that. I mean, listen, if you want to go see Black Widow, I go see it too. That's cool. But you also need to make time for these smaller films that really that's where the gems are found, that, that we are hopefully leading people to these films. We're ferrying these people to these films so that they can then watch them and go, oh my gosh, Eric was right, Ricky was right. This film, is, you have to go watch Funny Face. You've got to go see Good Time. Obviously, a lot of people have seen that film by now. But back then, it wasn't as widely known. They know the Safety brothers weren't as big as they are now. So these things, this is how things start, right? The writer, Chloe Zhao. Yeah, this is why you have to, when they see these small films, nine days, you tell everybody you go see it. And and 99% of the people who watch it, especially film fans, will agree with you. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, that's me. I, 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 I really, you, people tell you how they uh, approach film by seeing their best of list of the year. I'm not saying yeah. everybody should have a funny face style film on their top 10 or even the top 25. But if I see every big film that came out that year yeah. on your list, yeah. I know that you're not really watching film i take pride in watching i watch a lot of junk i do and i know you yell Good. at me all the time you for do. It. You, I, don't, I don't even call them movies <laughs> but you do watch those yes and the thing about it is is like <laughs> you know, i mean a perfect case and example the last few weeks i've been on a roll with bad ones i watched he's all that that was terrible netflix on a roll i watched sweet girl that was terrible you know what i mean like i've watched and half the movies i tell you about you say aren't even real movies so you yeah, know i don't know I, mean? I, don't, I don't believe it are they netflix films because those are like direct to video to me those were all Netflix I mean, films, yes. Yeah, Those ones were, yes. Yeah. But, I don't listen. If there's not a theatrical component, I'm, I'm kind of checked out. Honestly, yeah. that's that's the reality of it, and that's because I'm I'm old school. I mean, listen, that's how we watched our movies. We went to the movie theater, right? Yeah. And we didn't have streaming. I mean, we had the we had Blockbuster and Hollywood Video, but we did not have streaming. So we the movie had to first debut in a theater. So that's why. And so I think that's the thing with Netflix. Even the rewards films. Yes, will I watch The Power of the Dog? Uh, will I watch these films? Yes, but the point of it is tick, tick, boom, all these things. Uh, but, but the point is is that it, there's no theatrical p- component. And for me, that's such a prestigious thing that when you extract that, 
and it, it's it's missing, it's it, then I just can't get fully involved in it. It's tougher for me. Let's just say that. But yes, I will watch the films, but I will not watch the films you're talking about. They're Netflix films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, and the thing about it is, is 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 I do like I do know that Netflix released the other day that they're going to release some of their fall slate. Now they don't have a choice because people are like, oh yeah, congratulations, Netflix, you're releasing some of your movies in theaters. Well, they have to because that's how the Oscars. Are, right. are, you know, are kind of laying it out to them. But I'm excited. I, I would prefer to see a Don't Look Up on yep. my, on a big screen. You know what I mean? I'd rather see that. On the, I would have rather have seen Midnight Sky last year on the big screen. Even though the movie oh, was sure. not that good, Excuse it adds me, an extra... Movie's horrible. Uh, you, but, I mean, it's... Oh, okay, okay. That's actually... Oh, yeah, it's not good, right? It's not horrible. No, it's but... It's not a good movie. Yeah. And, and, yeah, but you're right. Would it have been better in a theater? No question. Absolutely, we talked about that. We talked about Black Widow too. You liked that a little bit more than I did, and and you yeah. even said like it, it could have had to do some of which with what seeing it on the big screen. I saw it on the I saw it on my TV. You saw it on the big screen. Absolutely, you know what I mean that it type makes of movie. A difference always does. Exactly. Always will. And 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 so that so you're right. I hope that Netflix has a few. Although I don't know, you know, like I said last year, they had drive-in screenings which isn't all that great honestly no, it, it not, sounds yeah. you know it's, it's cool and whatever it's a little better it's on a big screen but it's not the same as the theater the sound system's obviously you're in your car driving's always okay, been like a family like a affair theater. for me so, you know what i mean yeah, or like better a, off for me i'd yeah. rather almost watch it at home than go to the drive-in but yeah. they try to get these events so they don't have the theaters are closed out here all right so Speaking of a movie, you talked a little bit earlier. I can't wait to see it tomorrow. I'm yep. I'm very very excited. Um, as of yesterday, the world came to a little bit of an end. Um, <laughs> yesterday, you tweeted out, which I mean, yep. I know a lot of people that have responded to it, ex- yep. which are even more excited about the film. Um, I've yep. had a couple friends reach out to me after I retweeted it and said, "Dude, I can't believe he you know he said it's one of the best films of the year." So they yep. were ex- they're even more excited than I am. You know that, that to see the film, um, Jordan Peele um, wrote and produced the film, and we do know that he was the you know the brand of, of following through. But you you tweeted out this tweet right here. I'm going to read it you off. For read it. I want to hear it so I can hear it for myself. Jordan Peele's most pure horrifying offering: Candyman viciously goes for the jugular, both in social commentary and brutal violence. The blood flowing seamlessly from the 1992 original Nia DaCosta's artistic flair, placing this sequel very near the top of the best films of 2021. You gave it a 9 out of 10. Dissecting the tweet for me personally is, as you look at it, you credit the person, one of the people, the writers, the, the, the film does not get made without. And then, of course, you go on to credit the director with her artistic flair because DaCosta is an up-and-coming uh, director that has a strong strong future ahead of her. She's just yep. one of those young... She reminds you of that path that Chloe Zhao went off. You did the little... Mm-hmm. She made the little, small, independent film, and then she made the bigger yep. film, and then now she's on the... She's on that cut. Now, she's getting ready to do her own Marvel movie next year. That's right. Which I'm pretty excited right. about. Now, yep. the controversy around the tweet was... You mentioned... <laughs> Can we you mentioned, put controversy in quotes? All well, yeah. I, 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 what, nobody at home just saw my quotes, but... The, the, the controversy at play was the fact that you mentioned yep. Jordan Peele's name first instead of Nia DaCosta's. Yep. Now, my yep. initial thoughts, and I told yep. you about this, and I'm be, I'll be on the front of the air. Now, yep. I've said on Twitter, if you would have left DaCosta's name out, I could understand mm-hmm. some frustration. Yep. Agreed. You only have yep. about, I think, what is, let's just say 104, what is it, 280 characters maybe, let's just say hypothetically yep. here. So I 280 characters. Right. Yeah. But yep. you, 
praised the film as one of the best of the year. You praised Acosta's work. You praised Peel's work. And yet, we've had the biggest controversy. We, we, we've turned you into the male version of Grace Randolph. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with you, dude. No, listen. We, we talked about this uh, yesterday. Yeah. We talked a little bit about this. And, uh, okay, first of all, let me just say this. That if anyone should be happy about that tweet, it is universal pictures. Yeah. And let me tell you why here, Mo. I didn't know this until I literally just picked it up. So I have not, I put the, the conversation muted, right? You know how you can mute the tweet. I don't have to see anything anymore. I don't know what happened to it. I'm tired of people retweeting. I'm just, I don't want to even engage anymore. Done. Sure. Okay. As of right now, you know how you click the little button and it tells you impressions? Yeah. You, know you ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah, you click on the ball impressions and all these things. Do you want to know what the number of impressions on that tweet is? Now, again, this is for the movie Candyman, which all of a sudden, if it pops this weekend, I'm going to take a little bit of credit for this because you ready for the impressions? 618,000 as I sit here and talk to you right now. Good okay, so Lord. over half a million impressions on a tweet of a reaction calling a movie one of the best of the year, not out of 10. Yeah. And, and, because other people had an issue with the phrasing, uh, I'm sure Jordan Peele, he knows about this tweet now. I don't know. Maybe he's even retweeted. I have no idea because I told you I muted it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. I really, really like Candyman. If you can't tell from the thing, then obviously you don't know how to read. You have horrible reading comprehension skills. Here's the thing is that it's, it keeps going up. The impression just keeps flying up. I'm not even kidding you. As I sit here, it, I feel like I'm watching the social network with the numbers <laughs> going, hey, we're almost there, everybody. Hit the button again. Hit refresh. We're at a million. Exactly. I'll tell you what. By the time this, this runs, and we're, we're, we're you know, doing it here live, by the time this runs, when you run this, when you get this on the online, it's, it, it could be closer to a million. But here's the point. Is that, is that listen, Candyman is a film that was put into production, the remake, right? The, the, I should say the spiritual sequel, as they're calling it, it really is a sequel, it's not a remake. Let's get that straight. But it was put into play, into motion by Jordan Peele, okay? He is coming off of Get Out, 250 million plus worldwide. He's coming off of Us, 250 million worldwide. You're talking about 500 million in box office worldwide. Jordan Peele is a brand, okay? Universal says, we want to continue to do business with you, Jordan Peele. Yep. So he says, hey, let's do a spiritual sequel. Let's do a reboot, whatever you want to call it. Let's continue the Candyman legacy. So he starts writing the script. I don't know the exact story. I'm telling you basically how it works in Hollywood so you can sort of put it all together for yourself. He starts writing the script. Everything's there, da-da-da. We finally find this young director, Nia DeCastro, who's who is immensely talented. Okay, there's not even a question about that. But the point of it is, this is a film that is a collaboration. Okay, and all films are collaborations. I understand that. But you need to understand also that when you're talking about a film that needs to get some more attention, like Candyman, there's some people that are like, what is Candyman? I don't know. Oh, let's put Jordan Peele. Let's make sure that people know that he's part of that. I understand that, but I also understand that we need to make sure if you want a movie to get more oxygen, you want more of the on the fence people to jump on, right? Yeah. Film Twitter's in, right, yeah. Ricky? When I say that Candyman's great, Film Twitter's like, awesome, we're going to see it. Yeah. What you're trying to get is someone who's maybe on the fence, like, ah, I don't want to see Candyman, that looks stupid. Okay, well, 
guess what? It's not. It's really strong. I mean, in some parts, it's off the charts good, especially the end. The end is, oh my gosh, that's all I'm going to say. The end, when a film ends the way Candyman ends, it is just, it just takes it to another level. So that's, that always is what you're looking for in a theatrical experience. Um, but Jordan Peele's the brand. So you need to hook people so they say, oh my God, this is Jordan Peele, the guy who did this. Yeah, so there's no problem. His involvement is there. There's not a question about whether he's involved in this film or not. And the fact that I also recognize that Nia did a hell of a job directing this film, which is in the tweet. I don't see what the issue. I understand what the general, you know, okay, well, why didn't you talk about the director first? That's fine. But listen, guys, are we really at that point where we're going to do that, where you're going to look at that tweet and the first thing you're going to say is like, why didn't you do this? If you're that kind of person, then you need to look in the mirror, and this is perfect for Candyman, look in the mirror and ask yourself, what kind of person am I? Yep. You know, what am I doing where I want to bring people down or look for trouble in something when you don't need to? We don't need to have that. There's no reason. Be someone who is a creative, uplifting force in life, okay? When I sent that tweet, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get people who have not seen Candyman to get up off their ass and go support that film this weekend. That's what I want to do because that's why I'm in this game. I'm not in this game to meet stars. I'm not in this game to go hang out in cool places and mansions up on the hill, which I've done. I don't give a crap about that. I give a crap about calling films that are good and great films, getting people to go see those films. And that's what that tweet's all about. But if you want to look at that and say, oh, uh, this, you know, I don't like how you worded this, this and that, I don't know what to tell you, except you and I don't have much we need to discuss because you tell me what kind of person you are at that point. And that is someone that I really don't want to have discussions with because I, I then question how you operate. And, and that's not how I operate. I operate on a level of respect uh, as much as possible. Have I crossed the line? Who hasn't? Okay, it's Twitter. We say stupid things. But at the end of the day, you've got to try to bring positivity in. And the fact that I'm sitting here dealing with stuff with people like literally like, oh my God, like what are we doing? What are we doing here? Yeah, and that's the thing that's really... Uh... You know, I we we've we've grown uh, a friendship here over film, mm -hmm. over yep. film, and and one of the things that I've I've gone and said plenty of times in my life, like film is an escape, right? Film is somewhere you sink your, and it's only it only works in a theater. It only works in a theater for me, and that's why you and I have been big flag wavers over going to film. You know, going to the theaters and. And even with, like, Free Guy, you know what I mean? Word of mouth helped that film so much because it's theatrical only, right? So you saw Free Guy, you tweeted it out. Even Ryan Reynolds, you know, retweeted it out there to the world. You see those movies, and right now, movies need as many people as they can to show up, okay? Amen. Nobody's discrediting that there's something going on in society that is affecting a lot of individuals. We're not discrediting that. But what we're saying at the same time is we love cinema. We want cinema to continue. And a tweet like this, even at the, like you said, a half a million impressions. I don't care if your tweet had 10 impressions. If one person, <laughs> right. if one person right. goes and sees that movie because of my tweet or your tweet or whoever's tweet, then what you do worked, right? You know what I mean? 
you are very honest to the T about films. You know, I don't, you, you, we've talked about this a thousand times. You're not afraid to say this is bad or that is bad or this is good, this is great. Nine, I'd say, Jacob and I even talked about this, nine out of ten times when you think something's good, I think something's good, vice versa. We have very same taste. You know what I mean? I also don't have time for negativity. Like, don't take the fun out of what we do away from us, right? And that's what, in my opinion, that's what this did. Uh, We talked about this for almost an hour and a half last night together. We were talking about it, and it's just like, it sucks the fun out of what we do. Amen. I mean, listen, like I said, I sent that tweet yesterday, and I'm thinking to myself, cool, I'm glad. I hope people see this. And, you know, like a typical good tweet that gets some traction, you get, I don't know, whatever, the likes. That doesn't matter, but the, the engagement I can see is pretty good. I just like this just out of curiosity, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, response you get. And, and then when I started to see that someone's like, ooh, interesting, you put Jordan Peele before the director, I'm like, okay, I get it. I know what you're trying to do here, but I'm like, really, is that what you're going to take away from this, right? That's it. Is that what you're going to take away because at the end of the day, we're trying to do something positive. Okay, we're, I, there, there's nothing in that tweet or anything that I, I that I aim to do. I'm trying to do better at with us, and we all. Like I said. Yeah. If you go back and listen to my tweets, I can get I get pretty edgy with people. That's who I am. I'm a real person. Okay, and 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 I I think that's what makes me good at what I do is that I don't have favorites. Okay, I don't. I just don't. I was, I'm a Libra, okay? That means I need my scales to be balanced. So if, if everything when I walk into a film is balanced, in other words, I don't have any preconceived notions. I just come in and I say, this film is good or it's not, right? Studio doesn't matter. Who directs it doesn't matter. Any of the stuff. Who's in it doesn't matter. Is the film, does the film work? Period, 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 period. Nothing more to talk about. That's it. And, and so it's all about trying to get people to access these films at like a candy man that, that might have some trouble at the box office. I don't, I think it's going to do, it's going to do pretty well this weekend. But, you know, again, if your brand is to step into the space and to be, you know, cause trouble, stir up stuff, like, what's this person talking about? What's this? What do you mean? What's that? Listen, find a new brand. Okay. That's the first thing. Or again, ask yourself, is that who you want to be? If that is who you want to be, I can't help you because that's not going to help anybody. And I, I suggest this. It's a lot harder to be somebody who wants to go out there and do what we're trying to do, be a doer. You know, I had The Rock reply to one of my t- tweets from a few weeks ago that he said, hey, he just kind of glanced on my feed and he basically was like, you know, it's hard for us doers when there's other people out there who just critique things. And by the way, he just looked at a couple things. He could tell about what I said about that tweet. It was about Jungle Cruise. That, that I am somebody like that. I'm out there trying to, you know, get out and, and make an impact, okay? Whether it's your film, through whatever, helping people, doing things. And the point of it is, is that it's, it's harder to do that, okay? It's harder. It's much easier to sit at home and be, uh, you know, someone who attacks people online, who makes it their brand to be, you know, miserable, essentially, and to spread misery. And I just don't have time for that. So I've now become to the point where I'm just going to block, right? I used to mute and I still mute, but at some point you just go, you know what? No, I'm not, I, our transactions are over, okay? You are not going to be of any, it's just, it's not going to be worth my time, okay? So be respectful on Twitter, no matter where you are. Try to be as respectful as possible. I'm not saying we've all done that perfectly, but again, if you are constantly looking to 
take people down, to do things like that, you need to reevaluate who you are as a human being. Yeah, it's it's I'm all for <clears throat> I'm all for going for people that say something ignorant, say something rude, say something disrespectful. Sure, 100%. And, and 100%. I've said a thousand times, I'll say it, if you would have left Acosta's name out, I'd be like, Eric, bro, I understand why yep. they're upset. Yep. But my problem yep. is, is, is uh, another thing is, is for anybody listening for the first time about who Eric Weber is, it, it's the thing about it is, is you run awardsace.com, fantastic site, it's grown massively. This is this is how you tweet your reviews. Like this is how I've seen every single one of your reviews for I think we're going on almost three years now. I think that we've known each other. That yep. this is how you tweet your reviews. And the thing about it is, it it it, it gives you everything you need to know in one tweet. I don't care. That's it. That's it. It's 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 not about discrediting somebody's work because you didn't do that. At the end That's of the, the day. It, it, you you didn't discredit the work like that's no. the thing you credited the pertinent people involved with the film. Yep. I, I yep. made the it's the made the the strange connection. I, I didn't know until somebody pointed it out to me. He's like, yeah, it's Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. And the funny thing about it is, is whenever you click on The Nightmare Before Christmas, Tim Burton this it was the story based on Tim Burton's characters. But why did they put Tim Burton's name on the poster? Because Tim Burton sells tickets. The person that wrote um, um, The Nightmare Before Christmas, I don't, I, you know what, I'm, as I'm sitting here, I'm going to pull it up. But the person who wrote The yep. Nightmare Before Christmas, that person's name, no offense to her, does not draw or have the same weight as somebody like Tim Burton. It's 1993 when this movie came out. Caroline Thompson wrote. A Nightmare Before Christmas. But when you think of Nightmare Before Christmas, nobody thinks of Caroline Thompson. Nobody thinks of Henry Selleck, who directed the movie, right? You think... Well, of, of course not. You well, think of Tim the, Burton. Yeah. And, and well, that's, but, but, but here's the other thing. The other thing is, is that, like I said, when you, when you talk about knowing how movies are put together, like I tell you, uh, living out here, talking to people, going to awards parties, talking to everybody who makes movies from, you know, cinematographers to editors to directors to actors to you name it, uh, studios, publicity. Um, you know, you understand how films are put together. And, and Candyman very clearly is Jordan Peele's project. Did he direct it? No. Did he, is he responsible for that film opening this weekend? Yes. I mean, if he's not behind that film, I don't know if Universal makes it. I mean, I would say no. I can't say for sure, but I would guess if I had to know, I don't know the whole story. Uh, but but either way, I think it, the larger thing is this, is like, you know, just just be a positive force, okay? Yep. Be someone who, I know it's harder. I get it. It's so much harder in life to actually do something, have people recognize you as a doer than being, let's just say, I don't know, a victim of something. And I'm not saying there's victims, but my point is, is that when you try to make everything like, oh, it's like you did this to me and this and that over and over and over, it's like, man, that's kind of the easy way. Why don't we try to say, hey, I went to see this awesome movie. This is cool. I like that. Let's do that. Let's try to do more of a collaboration and this and that. Uh, don't, you know, you shouldn't be coming into someone else's timeline who don't, don't even follow, okay? Yeah. You don't even know who they are. And you're like, you should do this. Wait, excuse me? Excuse me. Who are you, first of all? Second of all, I don't, I don't owe you anything. Let's get one thing straight. I don't owe you crap. 
So don't come into my timeline telling me I owe you X, Y, and Z, okay? Especially when it wasn't my intention to do something. I'm not sitting on there trying to make people angry and wait for someone to come to me and say, oh, you offended me. Dude, don't come at me and tell me I should do X, Y, Z. That's not your business. Stay in your lane, okay? We need more people to stay in their lane, and we need more people that just do positive things because it's so, like I said, it's so easy to be the person who is just grab a latch onto something and go, oh, what's up with this? Let me go back to Grace Randolph. Let's, let's go there. Grace Randolph. Uh, by the way, Grace Randolph has blocked me because there was a time, I can't remember when, <laughs> she's blocked a lot of people, but I probably said something snarky. So I understand the other side of this. I said I'm not perfect. I've done this. My point is, is over the past whenever, I've realized that that's not the right way to go about it. Say what you want about Grace Randolph. She has, I'm going to guess what, 70,000 followers? Am I right? Something like that? Yeah. It's a big number. It's a big number. Oh, right? how many okay, followers she has? How many followers? You asked me, she 70, has? She has 113,000. What? 113,000. Okay, so she had, there you go. So it's growing. Last time I checked, I, I can't see her. I don't really bother. Uh, but the point of it is is that she has a lot of followers. She yeah. clearly is getting true to people. She's spreading a message. And and do I think that what she does is, is perfect? No, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. But the point is is that is that I would I, – what I do know is that she's at least out there doing, okay, getting back to what we talked about. Uh, she's out there making her podcast, doing her thing, doing things, and try to be one of those people. You know, I think that's ultimately like you are. I've seen you build your brand up over the last several years, and, and you're in it for the right reasons. And and try to be one of those people. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I clicked on her YouTube channel, and and when I see people's YouTube channel, it makes me mad because I don't have nearly. I have like maybe less than less than less than less than one percent of the followers she has, but. She posted okay. a video of the Kingsman new reaction trailer. It already has 16,000 views on it. She has 932,000 subscribers on, on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, holy yep. cow. Yep. Like, I, it's good. You know, it's insane. She's built a brand, and and it, it works. You know what I mean? And and she blocks, and she does the same thing. <laughs> she does. She does. And if, I don't blame her. Listen, no. I don't blame either because, because, listen, uh, I, I think I said something like, who knows what? I don't know what, but I'm sure it was something that wasn't, as rude as some people have been but the point is is like i said i've been there i've done these things and i can tell you this that's not the right way to go about it you learn and you say wait a second what if i take an approach of instead of doing this do that and i'll tell you what you know start to notice that people start to follow you more people start to realize when you tweet nothing but negativity too right people start to go oh man that person it's always this it's always that and and it's one thing you can get a little bit down here or there but the point of it is that if it's a relentless stream of negativity then eventually you just turn people off they're like okay i don't want to listen to this person anymore yeah and 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 we'll you know we'll reel this in with this so if you've learned anything on this podcast today there's a few things you should have learned (laughs) one you should watch funny face that's that's the number one thing actually that is number one takeaway. I <laughs> totally agree with you on that. Number one takeaway is number yep. two, be kind. Be nice online. Yep. You know what I mean? No, yep. we know that I've tweeted some dumb stuff. You've tweeted some dumb stuff that sure. maybe yep. we're not proud of. Maybe we were on having yep. a bad day, but you know what? We still I'll stand by what I said. But at yep. the end of the day, just let people enjoy film. If you don't agree with their take or you don't agree with mm-hmm. what they say, a simple would have been like, hey, this is a uh, Nia DaCosta's film, and, and that you should have put her name first. And you would have responded, yeah, okay, thank you. Move on with your life. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, or is, or if you don't follow the person, don't respond. That's the thing. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know, man. But, I, but that, that, I, no, I know what you mean. I'm saying, I, just, I don't know if I would, because listen, I said, I'm the first guy. Oh, I'll take it real quick on the Don't Breathe 2 tweet. Yeah. I sent a tweet a few weeks ago on a Don't Breathe 2 review that didn't come out right, in that if you hadn't seen part two, then that tweet looks like a total mess, okay? Yeah. But if you see part two, you're like, oh yeah, this makes sense, okay? But most people didn't see part two. It didn't do well at the box office. They actually only. Most people haven't seen the movie. So they were like, oh, what is he talking about? What's this? So actually, you know what I did in that case? I deleted the tweet. I said, that didn't come out right. That's that. And I moved on. That's how you do it. In this case, no, I'm not going to delete the tweet. And like I said, Universal's pretty damn happy with it right now, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, whenever they the first trailer came out, it said from the creators of Get Out and, and Us. But I, I know, I we'll, know. We'll, we'll I, stop. I, we'll you stop can't, there. You can't make everybody happy, though. You know that. Exactly. You know. With that being said, I've got another movie that doesn't exist in the world to go watch that Eric Weber Good. probably has never heard of. It's yes. called uh, Afterlife what of the it? Party. So um, <laughs> make sure to follow. Uh, make sure to follow Eric on Twitter at Eric Weber. Make sure to check out his website at awardsace.com. It's, it, he's got all of the um, pertinent individuals that he thinks are going to shape the awards uh, scenario. Eric and I are going to talk again very near in the near future, maybe a month or two into the awards season. I love talking to Eric. Eric, thank you for your time today and, it, and giving us some insight on the upcoming awards season, man. So, Absolutely, dude. We're rolling into it. We'll see what happens. I have a feeling it's going to look really different I'm really, in about a month or two. That's I'm my really guess. Hope, I'm really hoping in November that you and I are hanging out at AFI together. I'm really hoping things shake out that so. way. I wouldn't put money on it, but I hope so. Neither am I, but I'm, I've got my fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Good talking to you, Ricky.